0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the African Bohemian Podcast. This is your host, Ojima. This week, we speak to Yasmin Fofana, a.k.a. Afrofoodie. Yasmin is a West African food lover with a taste for international cuisine. Yasmin, who is currently based in London, is a Mandela Washington fellow and a master's student pursuing a postgraduate degree in tourism. Six years ago, she started food blogging, initially as a pastime, But soon enough, her food blog became quite renowned for its content, and she quickly became the foodie reference for Ivorian readers from France and the United States. Yasmin refuses to define herself as a food restaurant critic, but instead sees herself as a food lover. In the six years since Yasmin started her food blogging adventure, she has since launched the first restaurant food blog of Ivory Coast and introduced the Abidjan Restaurant Week. In this episode, we touch on what inspired Yasmin to start her culinary adventure, great spots to find African cuisine in London, the importance of establishing good working relations in the food industry, following your passion and putting in the work, and the challenge of being consistent. We hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, Jasmine, and thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of The African Bohemian. Uh, could you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do?
1: Okay. Thank you, Ojima, for having me. My name is Jasmine Fufana. I am the founder of Le Journal d'une Foodie, which is um, translated to a foodie's diary. Uh, it's in the, the name is in French. I'm from Côte d'Ivoire uh which is a french speaking country. Um I uh, the, the journal de foodie so pretty much the blog it's the first food blog of Cote d'Ivoire. Um I founded it 6 years ago. I'm also a um I also have 9 years of experience um on from my professional side when I'm not eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also have this professional experience, so 9 years of professional experience in marketing and communication and I'm currently doing a tourism masters here in the UK.
0: Oh, wow. Amazing. Um, that is actually amazing. I have never, I've never come across a food, an African food blogger. I've come a, across Western food bloggers on um, mm-hmm. on programs like CNN and stuff like that, but I've actually never come across it. So um, meeting you is really, really inspiring. And I just I really want to sort of delve deeper into what the life of a food blogger is, or a food so um, critic, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> so, um, what actually inspired you to become a food blogger? Okay, um, so six
1: years ago when I I started this, it, it was actually a very interesting story. So I had done my undergraduate in the US, in the U.S., so that was. 10 years back a long time ago and uh, you know I, when I was home I moved back home in 2009 ish and around 2011-12 um, I did it was it was um, I did one a, um, a dinner for two in one of the seafood restaurants really well-known seafood restaurants uh, at home back then um, when when that happened i think facebook pages were really just started so nobody was really using it to their advantage whereas you know they could showcase their food and everything it was really just like you know people were still trying to get around it so i was like okay i want this thing let me let me try to let me try to google or you know trying to find some what what does the the restaurant offers because yes it says seafood but is it only seafood? Do they have all the things? Where is it located at? Does it look like? So I started to be curious online and mind you, I couldn't find nothing. So on the evening on, of the dinner, we, you know, I do, of course I'm worried. So I'm thinking it's free food. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> I got there with my boyfriend and we're like, okay, so why is, you know, why is this place not advertised better? You know, it's such a nice place. It was such a nice dinner. Um, you know, What if, and it basically was just in in the parking of that restaurant, I'm like, okay, what if I start a food blog? And we're like, okay, crickets. (laughs) Because (laughs) back then I had no clue. I mean, I had seen blogs before, but since it was the very first one of the country, you know, I, I, I didn't really know myself what to expect or what it would look like. I just knew that I wanted to do something made by an Ivarian for the Ivarian food scene. And this is really how it started. It really it was restaurant reviews of places I've been. So that's why it's called a foodie's diary because it's, it was pretty much as, you know, I, I went there today um, this is what you know The what this is what the restaurants offer or this is what they if, if it was a lounge or if it was a maki we have like informal restaurants back home that we call maki so it's like outdoor restaurants kind of street food type oh, of thing yeah
0: I know them we have them in Nigeria as well oh. they, they kind of put like a wooden table like and a exactly. plastic cloth on top <laughs> and then yeah yeah the different variants of that sometimes you have like mama put, which is actual street food and then you have yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. quite familiar with them yeah. oh okay
1: so great so yeah wonder, okay, where pretty much it was wherever i was wherever i was going or eating i will share that with other people so that you know they could know a little bit more about the place and kind of do even though i don't like the critique sounds of you know of it but do like restaurant reviews um you know what i like what i didn't like and of course have it like amazing pictures of food because that is always so attractive so this is really how like you know the little background story behind the blog and I was like okay it's it's gonna be the first one out there um I really didn't really have expectations per se I'm just I was like I like to eat it's my passion um I'm just gonna start and yeah this is how six years later I'm I'm still doing it and it's still a great great adventure
0: Wow, that's amazing! Um, Absolutely amazing. So, off the back of that, so I know you're obviously an African food blogger. Are you? Do you review uh, food from other countries besides um, Ivory Coast?
1: Definitely. Definitely, and it's funny that you said that I'm African food blogger because the the my nickname online it's afro foodie okay so the story behind that is since I was the first one to do restaurant reviews, I was like, okay, in other countries when you know because I, I did of course a little bit of homework, like looking how to start a blog or how to do food reviews and things and the the, the main secret behind it was to be anonymous. You know, whereas because it's it's not like a London or New York where you have like a thousand restaurants so you know, you nobody will really know who care who you are. Mm. Um, you know, it's still we do have a a very diverse food scene, but I wanted to have to really be hidden behind that name. So Afro foodie stands for African food lover and this is really how it came about. And so um since I had the whole diary filling pretty much wherever I was going, so it was really Pretty much wherever I was traveling, and uh, I had the great opportunity of working in, the, in a in a company that had you know that made me travel. So I you know I came a couple of times to back to the US. Um, I had traveled to Ghana. Uh, I myself traveled to South Africa. So I mean, of course, on top of loving to eat, I love to travel. Hence the tourism degree. Yeah. And so wherever <laughs> I was going, I was blogging, tweeting, Instagramming. Um, about it. Of course, what I learned along the way was that, um, my main reading, my main following was based in Cote d'Ivoire. And so where I was going, um, you know, I don't know, in the sushi restaurants in Houston, they were not as interested as was in Cote d'Ivoire. So I stopped doing reviews, um, you know, in that sense because it wasn't, I mean, in, of my of my restaurants of the restaurants I went to abroad because it wasn't really related to my targets yeah instead so I focus focus on Instagram so since I'm now um for those countries since I'm now um, based in the UK for a year or so I haven't really blogged about the food places I've been instead I'll just you know try to produce content for Instagram whereas uh, I still have I still stalk my friend pretty much <laughs> that are still back home saying, okay, if you discover a great place, please, you know, let me know so we can talk about it because I do feel bad because the reader are there and nothing is being produced for them. But yes, to answer your question after talking a lot. You I know It's perfect. <laughs> we, we, we love it here. We love people who love to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. We the words, Come back to the question.
0: <laughs> we love I,
1: it. <laughs> so yes, I, I blog, um, the places wherever I go, outside of Cote d'Ivoire, and of course in Cote
0: d'Ivoire as well. Mm. Um, I'm going to be a, a little bit of a the, the devil's advocate here. Yeah. So yeah. being <laughs> West African, you're a West African. I'm West African as well. Mm-hmm. Which country, which West African country has the best jollof rice? Ooh. <laughs> In your opinion, <laughs> you can get me in trouble like that. No, we can just because it's one of those. Go, it's just one of those questions, right? That West Africans love to fight about. So uh, originally, people say, "Well, jollof rice originated from Senegal," and then some people say, "Well, Ghana makes their own jollof rice, good and um, very well as well." And Nigeria, and from what I've seen, I've tasted jollof rice from different parts of of West Africa, uh-huh. and I've seen that. There's a different twist. There's a different kick. So each country has a different way of making jollof rice. You know, some, yeah, some countries like use like crayfish, right, to make like jollof rice. Um, some some people don't. So, okay, in your opinion, like just just okay. just, just throw it out there. You know, <laughs> no, it's, it's no shade. Just like you know, what do you what do you think? Like from what you've tasted so far.
1: I mean, honestly, in my head, I associate Jollof rice with Nigeria. Okay. Uh, okay. Because that's how I got to know about it back mm. in the US. So it's, it's, okay. Again, I'm going to go around the world with that. That's fine. You know, <laughs> you know, being home in Cote d'Ivoire, even though we're a West African country, not really far apart from each other. I mean, Ghana is next door.
0: Yeah.
1: Being home in Cote d'Ivoire in my, you know, when I was a teenager, it's not, I would not be I don't even think I ever tasted Jollof rice, Ghanaian Jollof rice in my country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, yes, we are so close to each other, but as we know, traveling in Africa is hard. And again, you know, you're young. How do you know about life or (laughs) food? (laughs) Yeah. No, so I I tasted my first Jollof rice when I was in the US and I met um, Stephanie, which is my right or die Nigerian sister, Mm. and she was making Jollof rice for me. So in my head, Jollof rice is Nigerian. Mm. However, as a food blogger, as a food lover, and, you know, starting to really get more and more interested in food, yes, I've been to Ghana and I've tried the jollof rice. Um, I'm part I'm part Senegalese, but I will not claim in any way that Senegalese and jollof rice are a match. Okay. What, they, what they do is that it's called a chep. The chep okay. is chepuden. Um, so it's very different of... um. It's it's different in its own way. So let's take the Senegalese. Let's leave the Senegalese out of the jollof. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I, yeah, I'll definitely say Nigeria, Nigeria because you know it's it's a personal
0: association. Yeah. And yeah, so Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that that's def- that's fair enough. I mean, obviously, I would speak to somebody else, and somebody else would say completely different. But I guess oh, yeah. it's it's a it boils down to just a matter of opinion. Um. Yeah. yeah. Um. I was going to ask you as well. So within the UK or within London per se. Do you can you recommend any like great spots where you can find like amazing African food? Yes, Tokumba! <laughs> oh, okay. I I follow her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I haven't yet had the chance of meeting her in person, but I'm I see like she's doing a lot of great stuff. So okay, tok- tokumba, yeah. shout out to her. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: know, I know. I hope she listens to this. Yeah. Um So definitely, that's that's actually one of my. My little mission, like, aside from surviving for my masters, is <laughs> really to, um, first of all, to support women. Um, yeah. Support women doing amazing things. To so support African women doing amazing things and Caribbean as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, support our people. Uh, and I started, before I knew I was coming here, I really started to like, um, follow everyone that was, you know, within doing the movement and shakers pretty much beh- behind the, food, um, within the food industry in london the african food industry in london so yeah that's how i got to know tokumbo and you know i been to our supper clubs and the food is so great and she even though she says she doesn't like to cook she does it very like she does it very well and she does it with passion Mm. and so yeah definitely tokumbo um who else? I've recently, uh, we re- last, actually last week, actually, we were at Facebook for a event that Tokumo put together. Okay, and okay. there is, um, I found out about April Jackson, who runs the Three Little Birds. It's, um, Jamaican place. And, um, it's not African, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, again, okay. for my people is definitely somewhere I want to go. Um, aside from Tukumbo I haven't really met other food. I'm trying to think real quick. Yeah, definitely check out the gumbo London. I myself I'm still trying to like I have I know there's a lot of pop-ups and events that come you know come around. Um I heard of little Baobab, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Senegalese pop-up. Okay. Other I- place. Yeah, I'm hoping I get the name right, but yeah, there is a Senegalese pop-up. I also find out there's a Congolese chef. I think his name is Elize, Mike Elysee, or something, I think. Um, sorry if I'm not getting the name right, but definitely there's a Congolese chef out there who's doing great things, um, putting, you know, showcasing the Congolese um, cuisine. So there are a lot of, I mean, a lot, there are people proudly representing our cuisine out there, definitely.
0: Wow, that's um, amazing. I'm definitely going to check out Tokumbo and the other um, people that you have recommended. It sounds really exciting. And I'm a big foodie as well, just to let you know. (laughs) I absolutely love food. I cannot resist good food. Um, Yeah, hence my... The fluctuation of my weight in recent years, but anyway, that's a, a story okay. for another day. we <laughs> <laughs> do see me, and I'm sure when you do see me at well, you'll be surprised
1: because people are like, "Where does the food go?" <laughs>
0: uh, oh, for, for the love of a good, for the love of a good meal, yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Jasmine, what does a typical working day look like for you? uh Well, it's kind
1: of hard to tell because I'm not in my my regular blogging environment, you know hence the masters. Yeah. But um I'm gonna try to reflect on it, you know, like I was if I if I was home. Um I had I used to have a nine to five. So you know working um definitely going to work and focusing on that as much as I can. However, if if there was um you know business meetings or lunch with friends or whatever, that's when the Afro foodie will come out because basically anywhere there's food I truly really try to say, okay, even, even let's say, it's, even though it's a business meeting, for example, of course, I won't be coming out with my big camera or anything, yeah. but I'll still try to have that little um, perspective of, okay, let me try to quickly look around of, you know, of the place of the feeling of the vibe. And if I can try to blog or share my experience with my readers. Um, but um before coming here to the UK, what I did is I launched the first restaurant week of Cote d'Ivoire, so it was Abidjan Restaurant Week. Are you familiar with, with the concept of uh, restaurant?
0: No, not not really yet. No, not 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 really.
1: Okay, so Restaurant Week is pretty much an event that started back in the US a long time ago, and it was within a week, as the name says, or 10 days or whatever, however people run it nowadays, it was discounted, um, let's say great cuisine, fine dining at a really affordable price. Um, so the way it's done is, um, the full, a full meal, like a three-course meal, um, at a, at a fairly reduced price that it will be, you know, let's say you go to like a Michelin's I mean, we don't have Michelin stars back home, but you go to like a really, really fine dining and, um, establishment and then you will pay, um, saying, like, I don't know a hundred it's an example so like a hundred pound for a three course meal yeah. what we will do during the restaurant week is that in partnership with that restaurants they will drop their I mean not drop their price per se because it doesn't mean that the quality is reduced but they will um, give discounts yeah uh, so instead of paying like a hundred pound you pay 75 pounds or sometimes 50 pounds or something for the same quality or even sometimes some of the restaurants design a whole new menu for that week Mm-hmm. So, it's pretty much an event that's, um, it's global. It's a global thing now. You have, um, I don't think there's one in London I checked. There's, um, they used to have one in Paris. Talking of Africa, of course, Lagos Restaurant Week, Accra Restaurant Week, Dakar Restaurant Week, um, you know, Lagos do it twice a year. <laughs>
0: You people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we Nigerians. Exactly.
1: Johannesburg, Cape Town, like Nairobi. And so why I launched the restaurant week in Cote d'Ivoire, first of all, it's the first one. And in West, when I looked in West Africa, apart from Nigeria, they had one in Accra. Uh, I want to say some back in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, and one in Dakar in 2015. And that was it. So what I, what I I tend I to find out is when it comes to West Africa, yes we are doing out there and, I'm, and there's a lot of movers and shakers as well. But when it comes to having, you know, those global like, globalized events or putting ourselves out there, it's it's a little less obvious than, you know, it would have been for Morocco South Africa. Mm, yeah. And so I was thinking, okay, why isn't is there's not such an event back home and this is how it happens. So coming back to your question again. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I had done is I was working and uh, at Microsoft actually, and I had stopped working before coming here, so I had four months, um, four months when I was free, and I really focused on that event. I had started to prep the event before, um, you know, stopping working, but like it came to a point when you know the, I was on, I was on the nine to nine. Working on my grind for the event, I had a small team of people, but many of the things I was doing it like by myself, going to meet the rest. So I wake up, um, you know, get my my to do list of the day, um, go and meet meet up with the restaurants. Because what you also find out in the food industry is the relationship is one of the best, the best aspects and the, the most important. So I'll go and meet with the restaurants, go and meet with the the team of the, you know, the photographers or the web designers and pretty much come and work online um and you know try to make sure everything was set up for the event making talking trying to meet and get sponsors or partners and things like that so it's really hard to say what a typical day of a food broker it's like because every day is different um and you know when he he, when he was coming back to the aspect of running an event it was even more even more different because um the task of different days will be different from one another sorry again
0: i want to round the word <laughs> yeah no it's
1: okay it's, yeah, we love I'm it we love answer. it here
0: we absolutely love it here um not at all um what have some of your highlights been to date so what is the best thing that you love about food blogging um okay
1: um definitely it's it's an amazing adventure um like i said when i started this i had no clue where it was going to take me you know i was saying okay as long as it's fun I, I i told myself as long as it was still fun i was not putting any pressure on myself you know i was i didn't want to be obligated to produce content every way to the extent that it wasn't going to be me you know, and yeah. okay mm. um you know i was still going to do it uh, all the way and so it's been it's been great in a sense that it kind of grew. It kind of outgrew me. <laughs> like you know, I'll I'll be like you know doing my little thing in my corner. That is what I thought. And then people will be like, okay, if you, they were messaging me like people from the diaspora, you know, Ivorian people. They will say, I'm in, I'm in Canada, and I'm following you know what you do because when I come back on vacation, you are my guide pretty much. And it's great to see that you're doing this, you know, representing our cuisine and our country. So if you stop, I'll be mad at you. I was like, what? <laughs> You know, and I will get a lot of messages like this, people saying it's great what you do. Um, you know, I've had a man contacting me. He was um doing an or I mean a surprise birthday for his wife and he was like, Okay, I wanna bring her to that restaurant like a restaurant, where should I bring her? So what I've done is again sidetracking. What I've done is like I put him in touch with the restaurant owner, one of the restaurant owners and then they organized the whole thing and he was like, Oh my god, thank you so much. So it's really a, a great adventure in a sense of the re, the reward of having people saying th- just something as simple as thank you, mm-hmm. you know, your blog. Um, thanks to, you know, your blog, I discovered this place and I had a great, you know, evening with my wife or my partner. You know what I mean? Yeah, or thanks exactly. to your blog, I'm away, but I can't, you know, I know where to go when I'm coming back. Or even just seeing our, you know, my food or my country, um, you know, being out there, it makes me feel happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that. That's definitely, definitely one of the great things. Uh alongside I've had the chance, I mean the blessing of meeting great chefs. Like some people I'll had like I so much respect I have so much respect for and they was like, Okay, can we collaborate or, you know, can we work together? And I'm like, Me <laughs> little me, like you know. <laughs> so yeah, it has been it's been an amazing adventure. It's so, like, you know, you'll be invited to places where you never thought you'd go or you know, the people you meet, you never thought you would. And as um, on a professional level, um, like I said, it kind of grew me, grew me because I'm here doing my Tourism Master thanks to my blog. Um, thanks to my blog, I've I've been able to be in the same room with President Obama. Oh, wow.
0: 2016. wow.
1: Congratulations. Ooh, wow. Thank you. So I have been selected as a Mandela Washington Fellow. I don't know if you know about the YALI program. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm here on Achieving Scholarship. Um, both are very competitive and they try to select, um, not try, they do select the best, um, in the case of the Yalies, the best Africans, um, you know, movers and shakers of the continent. And in the evening it's, it's a more global scheme. So again, cutting the story short, it's been an amazing adventure. I do have a lot of little milestone that I celebrate along the way, um, but just grateful to do something that you love and seeing the result of, you know, it being out there is just, it's just amazing. Mm.
0: I, be, I guess uh, when you follow your passion, the blessings follow you, you know, yeah, I guess that's, I mean, that's um, a good way to kind of sum it up. Eh? It I love it. I love yeah. it. And
1: it, it. Sometimes I, you know, it's, I used to think, I mean, to some extent, that it was cliche when people say "find your passion" you know, "pursue your passion," blah blah blah, because you know, it's it's you can't really generalize. It doesn't really work for everyone because you do have to follow the passion, but you have to put the work. I mean, the efforts. I didn't think about that, but I didn't talk about that. But the efforts of being, of being anything, whether it's a chef, or food blogger, or what type of blogger, it's a lot of work. Like, you 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 cannot imagine to have like one picture posted. I will take like a hundred yeah. <laughs> but it's time the food is cold your friends are mad at you <laughs> <laughs> like please stop but you just do because you want that perfect picture
0: exactly
1: the writing of the blog the producing of I mean, the post the producing of the content and then you do all this effort and then you have to like promote it on social media um you know with you know what is word with all the alg- algorithm stuff it's hard to be seen yes. so it's yeah, a definitely. lot of it's, it's a lot of things going on, mm. but I'm grateful. Seriously,
0: yeah. <laughs> I get to meet people like you, and you know. <laughs> I know it's amazing what social media it connects people that you ordinarily you probably would not come across, you know, on a on a, just a standard basis. But through social media, we have all mm. these intricate connections. So yeah, yeah. No yeah. Uh, what have some of your challenges been along the way?
1: Mm. Okay. So, um, I want to say being consistent. Um, it's also one of the advice I'll give to people, but for me, it was a consistency because I didn't think of it as a, as a brand or the start of a business. You know, it was really, again, the passion of liking to eat, of going places, sharing and things like that. So, um, I had tried along the years to find my my niche, my place and like, you know, saying, okay, I'm I'm going to produce content every week and post on a consistent schedule on, um, you know, every Friday or every Thursdays. Because it was restaurant reviews, I figured, you know, people tend to go out on weekends. So if you post every, you know, Thursday or Friday, they'll be interested and then so so back and back and forth. But um, you know, working again full time. And having so many other projects, um, you tend to get sidetracked, you know, of distracted of your, of your goal. So the consistency aspect was a challenge. It still is, you know, I'm here and the blog is pretty much dormant. It's, it pains me because it's my baby.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, um,
1: yeah so it's, it is a challenge. So being consistent, you know, throughout the six years and, you know, producing the content and being, you know, respecting your own what you said you were going to do it's it's not easy um what else was a challenge yeah I think that's that's what that was my main challenge because I think because of this there's so many other things I could have done or produced that I I didn't do not that, that I regret it but you know it's a lesson learned pretty much
0: yeah definitely I think even for me as a as a podcaster, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. I guess even consistency is definitely a thing. If you have to remember to be to do it consistently, even yeah. sometimes when you don't feel like it or even exactly. when, <laughs> you know, truth be told, when you don't yeah. feel like it or even other things take priority, so to speak, like obviously your personal life or just other things just come in the way. You yeah, have to remember, definitely. remember you're building a platform and some people are looking to you for this, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah yeah um obviously as someone of african descent Mm -hmm. um being ivorian how would you say um being african has influenced your journey so far or infused um or has been infused in your journey
1: um okay that's a really good question (laughs) um first of all the the fact that um I myself, I I call myself a West African because I was born and raised in Cote d'Ivoire with my mom being um, originally from Guinea and my dad from Senegal and Mali. So um, the way I was brought up, you know, having um, Guinean dishes, um, you know, on Sundays or Ivorian dishes during the week and I've been able to travel to Senegal and experience the food as well. It kind of shaped who I was as a, as a food lover, mm-hmm. but he didn't really, it didn't really stop there. Of course, yes, I, I would definitely focusing on African food, but the fact that I was also blessed to study abroad in the U S having a Japanese roommate, a Vietnamese friend, um, you know, a really good friend, like Korean uh, flatmates. Uh, it kind of also played a part as in I've seen what people have. I mean, the yeah, the countries have done with their cuisine. And I was also seeing what we were doing or not doing with our cuisine. I don't know if it makes sense, but I was being able to compare, you know, where we are and where we could be. And this is pretty much the new direction that I want to take as a, um, what, you know, the tourism um, degree that I'm doing is really um, is going much more deeper into food tourism and, and putting our showcasing our food out there as far as yes we have amazing cuisine but the world doesn't know yeah that
0: is that is, is that is perfect to, yeah, that's you know,
1: true yes we joke about the jollof war and funny enough it kind of you know rings a bell when you're talking to you know, people about nigeria and say oh you guys eat jollof rice you know what i mean yeah. but because there was a buzz around it it was even though it was, it was for fun, but it kind of created some type of awareness. But when you think about, you know, Cote d'Ivoire, you think about Guinea, you think about Togo, people are like, okay, what do you eat out there? What does your food look like? You know? And I want to work to the extent that it's not a question anymore. You know, when you think about Italy or, you know, with, you know, their, their dishes, their pizza, their pasta, or, or, you know, sushi or Indian food, people don't ask because they know. That's you know just, what I mean?
0: Yes. But
1: in our case, we don't. So basically, again, <laughs> my, my 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 journey has been shaped thanks to the experience I've been blessed with, to do, but really by my own perception of what our food should look like. Um so yeah, I, I started with African food the way I was raised and it kind of like keep keeps on shaping itself with even me being here in the UK, you know, uh, people do criticize a lot the food in the UK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's 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 really. I think it's really a matter of perception of what you choose to focus on. If you want to focus on the negative, you you will find the negative. But if you want to focus on the positive, you you also will find them. So my journey, it's definitely keep it keeps on shaping itself. Mm -hmm. And with food, the amazing thing about food is like you never stop learning, never. Even when it comes to Ivorian food, I myself, I was born and raised in the capital, and there's like. There are more than 60 ethnic groups in Cote d'Ivoire, mm-hmm. and each one of them, and I'm sure in Nigeria it's like three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it, each one of them has its own ways of making its food. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's so diverse. You know, you can't just say, you know, in the whole country, in the whole Nigerian country, it's just rice that you eat. You no, know, it's, you know, it'd be a shame. So. The, i mean the journey is, it's an amazing journey ahead because i could see the potential of our cuisine and heritage and i'm so excited to be like willing and having the willpower to to work you know to work around that
0: wow um you ha- you were so i love how you kind of sum everything up together because you just literally take the words out of my mouth like what really i'm, I'm thinking no, yes you do <laughs> because i was thinking that you know when you talked about the fact that these different countries um um, like South Korea or Indian India, uh, for instance, people know their cuisine. They are known for the cuisine, mm-hmm. and with with uh, maybe smaller countries in Africa, so to speak, you tend to people tend to ask, "Well, what do you eat there?" It's so true. It's because somebody, I mean, people like you need to put African food on the map so that mm-hmm. they become People become more aware of it, and so that once someone mentions, I've I've you know exactly what their kind of staple food is, exactly. and it's really it's definitely an area that um, we uh, people have definitely not sort of delved into. And yeah, I love I love what you're doing. It's a it's amazing work. It's def- it's needed. Um, yeah, just my hat's off to you. I, I absolutely appreciate it. <laughs> um, Yasmin, what, who, or what would you say are your strongest influences, whether in the food industry or outside?
1: Hmm. Okay, oh, that's
0: interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it's one of those questions that kind of make you kind of really think of like, hmm, yeah, because who kind of inspired yeah. you, or or like just yeah, just in general. Reflect like, on. Um... It could be anyone.
1: I do, I do have chef that I look up to.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so pretty much. Okay, so there's an Ivorian chef, and I hope you listen to this as well, Loic <laughs> Dabley. Yeah. He's uh, French. It's Ivorian and French. And um, what he did, he used to live in Paris. And what he, he did, he was really um, showcasing the Ivorian cuisine with a modern twist. Um, because yeah, of course, food is very, you need to tell a story with your food and the way you present it has, has to be appealing to people. And, you know, you do have chefs like him or chef uh, Pierre Tiam, he's Senegalese, um, that, you know, are really, you know, going out there and showcasing your cuisine, Sheriff um, Pyertiam, I believe he lives in the U.S., but he his his goal is trying to you know fonio. No, I'm not familiar with it. No. Mm, how would I explain this? See, I got myself in trouble.
0: <laughs> is it a type of food?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna skip that. Okay. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely a, it's a grain. It's a it's a type of food that you know you could eat. Like okay, I don't want to say some.
0: Is it like cassava or?
1: It's, it could be, it could be, okay, do you know Acheke? Acheke, no. Liborian. I know, sorry. <laughs> no, the, the worst part is that I'm sitting with all this name and people will be like, okay, now explain. And I'm like, okay, I can't explain in English. <laughs> but in any case, those are certain type of f- of food, or staple dishes um, within some part of West African countries that are not really well known, whereas they do have a lot of, um, in the Fonio, in the case of in Nutri, Nutri, Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah so um okay coming back to the inspiration so those you have i have chefs that i look up to because of what they were able to do with our cuisine mm-hmm. so if you know if that kind of makes sense yeah
0: yeah that makes a lot yeah.
1: Of sense yeah so that's that's yeah that those i want to say those are my influence because even though you know we are definitely on the same ball game but when you could talk about food you 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 kind of We kind of all meet in the middle because at the end of the day, what we want to do is, of course, eat, but it's, it's really about the, the, the showcasing, the, the promotion and, and raising that awareness about our culture. And I think, um, those two chefs, among so many others, have been able to do that, you know, having what they call the, no, Afrofusion, which is like, you know, the, the fusion of the, the, the heritage the african heritage with the modern twist and kick to it Mm,
0: fascinating stuff Uh, jasmine how in your opinion um, has the food industry changed over the past six years that you've been part of it and what do you think has stayed the same
1: it's oh my goodness it changed so
0: much like, have you heard West African food is trending? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> West West African everything. West African music. West African yes. Um, clothing. The other day I saw I said I think Stella McCartney on the uh-huh. Sh- on the catwalk, she had a couple of models that were wearing like um tribal kind of material. You know. There you go. Um, you know, <laughs> African everything is trending. Yeah. yeah, Africa is on the rise. Definitely. It is. It is.
1: Yeah, it, Africa is definitely rising. So um, it changed. I want to say drastically, um, in a sense that this, the awareness I've been talking about, we still have a lot to do, but I want to say we, we have made a step. <laughs> like, you know, we, we kind of, we have been moving forward, you know, for BBC to be, um, um, for to Tokumbo or saying, you know, West African food is rising, is trending. It, it's definitely a major step out there. Um, when it comes to, when it comes to chef, you know, showcasing the food or, or you know all the pop-ups happening in London, or all around the world, there have been that evolution of okay of the completely unknown to somehow known. Like, do you know Anthony Bourdain?
0: Oh yes, and so, p- parts unknown on CNN. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, him going to Senegal and going to Nigeria, and you're like, okay, this is a man that is respected in his field. You know, so for him to be even thinking about doing part of his show in those countries, hey, it's it's a win. <laughs> it's already a win because he showcases the unknown, I mean, as the show says. Yeah. And I, I like that, you know, we are we are coming out of that box of the unknown box. So yes, it's definitely on the go. Um uh, we have a long way to go, but it's I mean there's definitely hope and with so many people doing so many things um out there, I, I definitely see it becoming like a major, major trend in the following years.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely. Amen. Amen to that. Um, yes, it's a great time to be alive. I always say that in most of my podcasts, but um, it I truly is. mean it. It's an absolutely great, great time to be alive. Yeah.
1: We have to focus on the positive. I mean, we must.
0: Yeah, definitely. We
1: have to continue the work of what was done before and then take it even higher. You know,
0: absolutely agree with you. Um, Jasmine, what role does social media play in helping you reach your audience? Okay. Well, that, thanks to
1: social media, I met you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true.
1: (laughs) Doing this. So, um, for, I, I keep on saying this without social media, I wouldn't be here. Um, the, the power, of course, there's, you know, good sides and not so good sides, but the power of social media nowadays, it's the way it connects people. It's unbelievable. Um, like I was giving you the example of me being in Cote d'Ivoire. Doing my little thing, thinking I was minding my little business, whereas people in Canada will be like, "Okay, if you stop this, <laughs> we'd be mad at you." You know, if yeah. it wasn't for social media, they wouldn't have been able to connect or even seen. And especially when it comes to blogging, you know, all our content is online. So for us to take it out even further and reaching, you know, most of the people, I've really been using Facebook pages, um, which most of my traffic comes from. Um, Instagram and Twitter and reaching different people at different time on those different platforms. Um, so yeah, social media is a big, big aspect of everything that we do. Um, and, you know, we, we've seen that even, you know, magazines, print magazines or print media will use social media to amplify the voices. So yeah, it's social, that's the word, amplify. Social media amplifies it to the extent that it reaches many more people. Whereas, you know, if you were doing your little thing in your corner, you'll still be
0: probably known locally but social media gives you that international reach that is true mm. that's that is um you've said it perfectly it gives you that international reach and um definitely amplifies your voice to the world exactly yeah what advice would you give to your younger self about the world knowing what you know now
1: Ooh, that's deep
0: <laughs> <laughs> we we'll love to go deep in here Well, I
1: will tell my younger self, well, first of all, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to dream. Um, I've been a person that, you know, you, I had a lot of self-doubts and I'm not saying I killed them all, but you know, before doing something, I will always be like, okay, what if it doesn't work? What if, you know, all those, those doubts and the, 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 the killer vibes. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to, to dream don't be afraid to start don't be afraid to fail because there is a learning process in all of this um i will also tell my self, of course um god is my guide he's my everything so he's really again the reason why we're all here but the reason why i've been able to accomplish so much with so little um so yeah keep on having faith What else would I tell my younger self? Be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be consistent. Have that commitment to yourself and everything that you undertake. Um I really like the quote Remember Why You Started. Um, because a lot of times I was not tired per se but i was like okay, why why am i doing this you know where where am i going with this you know and then i, I was like okay i remembering why i'm like I, I remembered why i started you know and then it kind of gives back that extra push that you needed mm-hmm. um what else would i say to my younger self i think that's pretty much it consistency living in god um and you know being not being afraid to start to learn also fail and dream
0: big. that's important definitely <laughs> dream big yeah the world is your oyster yeah um, yeah if you aim for the if you aim for the moon you'll you reach the sky i guess yeah yeah That's yep. a good definitely. definitely um as we wrap up can you give our listeners some piece of advice particularly to black men or women that want to become a food blogger or just want to get into the foodie industry
1: okay um it's, okay it's gonna sound cliche again because it says i've said everywhere but find your niche, mm, find your niche um niche. because there nowadays with you know we talked about social media amplifying things but it also it's it's kind of a Okay, there's there's a place for everyone. I firmly believe that, but it's also kind of a saturated. Uh, I'm not. I hope it doesn't come out wrong, but it's kind of a saturated place already.
0: Yeah, a media, that, media.
1: yeah, yeah. In the sense, there's so many people doing doing so many things, but you you really want to be unique in the sense that even though there's a thousand people doing what you do but you still have that value, that added value that makes you you and that people want to come and talk to you and, you know, follow your content. And I myself, I say this, you know, as it, I've got it all together, but <laughs> it's something that somehow we all struggle with at some point because there's, it's noisy out there, you know? So you do have to sometimes find the strengths within yourself and be like, okay. Again, this is why I started. This is what I want to do. This is the direction that I want to take. And being in your own lane, but mastering that, trying not to look at what people are doing around you. People will copy you, like I've been copied, unfortunately. (laughs) And I I try not to talk about it It's a sensitive subject. (laughs) People will copy you, but at the end of the day, you remain the original. And nobody can take away your vision, your dream, and your drive. Um, your drive for success, pretty much. So it's really finding your, establishing yourself within within the the noisy environment, making sure that you are you and you keep on being authentic. Hmm.
0: Wow! Be on, th- be authentic. Find your niche. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That's and have, and have a have a vision. You know, that's. I think that's something I I will I will also say to my younger self, like you know, starting with a passion, it's great, but not knowing where you're going, it's not so great. (laughs) Because, you know, you'll be like, you want to say, okay, I'm going with the vibe and I want to say where this takes me. No, you can't be working like that. You have to, at least a short-term vision. I'm not talking about 10 years, you know, but at least say in two to three years, this is where I want to be. At least, like we said, you're shooting for the moon, you will reach, you know, you'll end up among the stars, but you will have somehow a clear direction of where you should be going with, whether it's your business, whether it's your podcast, Ojima, whether you know, it's being a chef and you're in a restaurant. So it, it's you know, coming back to the vision, the consistency, and the drive to be out there.
0: Mm. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, Jasmine, lastly, where can our listeners find you on social media?
1: Okay, so on social media, I'm not Yasmin anymore. <laughs> I go back to Afro Foodie. Um, so on Instagram, at at the moment, I'm really more active. Like I said, on Instagram and Twitter, um, it's Afro Foodie. So it's A F. Oh, sorry, A F R O and Foodie. Um, and on that's Instagram and Twitter, it's the same thing. Whereas there's an underscore in between the Afro and the Foodie um and yeah so they can pretty much even if they type yes me, Afrofoodie on google they will show up all the platforms i'm at but definitely instagram and twitter
0: okay Um i'll be sure to include all your social media details on the episodes show notes on our website okay. thank yeah. you. So much. jasmine it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you so much for joining us for uh, this week's episode of the african bohemian
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope that my, you know, my little journey will inspire other people to, to start dreaming big as well.
0: If you enjoyed this week's podcast session, be sure to catch up with us again next week when we speak to another entrepreneurial trailblazer. In the meantime, remember to follow us on social media and subscribe to our blog to stay up to date with the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Until next time, never give up and keep believing.